Hi, I'm Chris Nessie from the House of EdTech podcast, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to right now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. You know, a couple of years ago, my uh, my wedding band started having problems. And I've had it for 34 years, and uh, it started breaking at, at the backside of it. And we had it fixed a couple of different times. And then eventually, not too long ago, one of those, that backside just fell out, and it couldn't be fixed any longer. And I'm like, this is crazy. I, you know, I shouldn't have to deal with this. And and so anyway, then a friend told me about uh, Boone Titanium Rings, and uh, which is at booneringscom And they have this incredible selection of titanium rings. And and uh, I now have a titanium ring as my wedding band. What's really cool is, like, it's an engraved ring that has uh, these cool car pistons on it and some stars. And, and the, I could have chosen from any kind of different stand, uh, styles, as well as they have all these other different types of rings, like... Uh, inlays that have meteorite wood acrylic stone and things like that they also make uh, carved rings and, and, a, and just a, an assortment of other rings that uh, are just pretty amazing they also make pendants and cufflinks and earrings and as well as a couple different types of tools um, i gotta tell you something it's really cool because this ring's not gonna break <laughs> and uh, they, they'll make you happy and uh, just as a note to uh, Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12, um, they've become an affiliate sponsor for us. And so if you were to use our code, which is capital T, capital L, capital L, capital K, the number 12, and uh, use that at checkout, you get 10% off your ring, and uh, Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12 gets a commission. I think you're going to love their rings. I know I would love mine. Hey, welcome back. Steve here. And today I'm talking with Dr. April Mashad Willis, who's the Director of Operations at the National Virtual Teaching Association. Join us as we talk about NVTA's purpose, getting certified as a virtual teacher, and their book, Virtual Instruction Standards, Optimizing Teaching and Learning. Oh, this is such an awesome episode. You're going to learn so much. Thanks for listening. By the way, don't forget, could you open that app you're listening to me on, go in there and rate and review the podcast? Could you? Would you? Please. (laughs) Thanks. Enjoy. District leaders nationwide have confirmed that online learning is here to stay. As one in five districts are planning to adopt or have already adopted a fully online school. With the evolving landscape in the competitive field of education, you might be wondering what you can do to stand out. Well, I encourage you to look into National Virtual Teacher Association, or NVTA, to pursue a college-accredited program recognized by states across the country to certify educators in online education. Their certification empowers educators to provide the world-class virtual instruction that every student deserves. The average teacher needs one semester to complete the program, and it culminates in a digital portfolio that you may use in job interviews or even with your current administration to, you know, (laughs) negotiate a raise or promotion. Some of the topics to be covered in the certification include establishing relationships in the virtual environment, virtual instruction best practices, differentiation in the virtual classroom, and managing virtual resources. The NVTA certification process was created to establish a valid and reliable research-based teacher qualification training process for virtual teachers to enhance their teaching and develop their ongoing reflective skills to improve teaching capacity. NVTA certification is a challenging and meaningful process to support your personal and professional goals. NVTA is an affiliate partner for Teaching Learning Leading K-12. Click the link in the show notes or go to my webpage, stephenmoletto.com, find the NVTA logo and go to their website that way. And if you do that, if you buy something, Teaching Learning Leading K-12 gets a commission and I greatly thank you for that. So 
Go check them out. I think you'll be glad you did. You are listening to Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12, a podcast for educators, helping you help kids achieve their dreams. And now here's Steve with this week's show. Dr. April Rashad Willis has spent her entire career in education, working at the campus, district, and state levels of education and holds certifications in the superintendency, principalship, and eight teaching roles. She currently serves as the Director of Operations at the National Virtual Teaching Association, or NVTA, an organization which helps teachers transition from the brick-and-mortar classroom to the virtual classroom with the goal of providing online instruction that's even more engaging and effective than in-person learning. She is a contributing author to NVTA's new book, Virtual Instruction Standards, Optimizing Teaching and Learning, which was published in October of 2020. A comprehensive guide based on current research, proven best practices, and the expertise of virtual instructors across the country that addresses all learners and learning environments, as well as the evolving needs of students, educators, and schools. A former elementary school teacher, Dr. Willis taught kindergarten through third grade in a multi-level classroom for the University of Texas Charter School located at the Safe Charter School, a school which provides educational and behavioral support services in an environment that promotes safety and healing for survivors of sexual and domestic violence and child abuse. While teaching, she also held the roles of ARD facilitator and, and TELPAS coordinator, volunteer coordinator, and campus testing coordinator. Dr. Willis received her bachelor's degree in applied learning and development and her master of education in curriculum and instruction from the University of Texas at Austin. Additionally, she received her master of education in education leadership and her doctor of education in educational leadership and administration from the University of Mary Harden Baylor. She has published two books on achieving academic and professional excellence, as well as founded a scholarship to invest in students who can prove they will make a difference in the world by leading with confidence and integrity. Dr. Willis serves on several boards, including the City of Hutto Ethics Review Commission, Terry Alumni Advisory Board, and is the president of the Hutto Women's Alliance. She also is an active member and volunteer with numerous nonprofit organizations, including the Junior League of Austin, the Rotary Club, and the Chamber of Commerce. In her free time, she is a certified personal trainer and athlete with Camp Gladiator and enjoys eating out with her husband, Matt. The National Virtual Teacher Association, or NVTA, is on a mission to help teachers transition from the brick-and-mortar classroom to the virtual classroom with the goal of providing online instruction that's even more engaging and effective than in-person learning. Dr. Willis, thanks for joining me today. Say hi to everyone. Hi, thanks so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, glad to have you here, April. And uh, uh, let's start here. You know, in your bio, I read that you're a former elementary school teacher. What do you like most about teaching? Oh my gosh, my experience as an elementary school teacher was probably not the traditional experience. As you had mentioned, this was at a very unique location. So my students were coming to me with a lot of baggage and experiences that most adults wouldn't want to read about, and they had lived it by the time they were five or six years old. Um, so th there was a lot that I learned from it, but I'd say my favorite part of teaching was just observing the resiliency that these children came to school with. They had gone through so much, but at lunchtime, they just wanted to sit and talk with their friends. Like they laughed, they enjoyed the day. They were happy to learn. Um, we had, I definitely believe in building relationships is the core of being a great educator. And I felt like I did a pretty good job of that. And so my students wanted to please me and they were excited to be there and they didn't want to leave at the end of the day. And it was just a really positive experience. They were definitely the little lights of my life. <laughs> so I'm very glad I got to go through that with them. 
That's very cool. Very cool. That's exciting parts of working with kids. Good stuff. You know, if you could go back in time to talk with you just before you started teaching, what is one piece of advice you would give yourself? Hey, like all those yous and yourselves. <laughs> That's a good question. Um, I think the best advice I would give myself would be um, to give myself the same grace that I was giving other people at the time. I do feel like uh, there was a lot of learning that goes on. And just because you walk that stage and they give you a diploma, um, you feel like you had finished your internship and you did a great job and you're ready to conquer the world. That first year of teaching is still gonna be a, a tough year. And I feel like if we can set the expectation that it won't be perfect, you're gonna have moments where you learn, you're gonna have moments where you're like, oh, I wish I would have done that differently, but it's okay because if you recognize that in your reflection period, you're only going to get better. And I think that's the goal is to continuously get better, just like we would expect from our children. So I do think I would extend myself some more grace in that first year and know that it's okay to make those little mistakes. You'll grow from them. That's cool. That's awesome advice. Cause that's, you know, that it is funny. We're usually our own worst enemies when it comes to uh, how we critique what we did or didn't do. And, uh, and sure. that's, I like that. That's awesome. You know, so let's come up to the, the modern world, you know, this world, according to COVID and, uh, you know, last year, suddenly many teachers found themselves as virtual teachers. You know, what do you think is something that many teachers and administrators learned? That's a great question. Um, and it is, it is something important to recognize that these teachers were thrust into an environment with little to no training and by no choice of their own. So they were forced into figuring things out very quickly. And I think that that in itself just lends itself to be a completely um, an experience that's all about the learning. What did we learn from beginning to end? I think some of the ones that stand out to me most is you learn how to engage with families differently when you can't have an open house and when you can't have PTA meetings and when you don't have in-person sporting events and you're not putting on shows and concerts and plays anymore. Um, so family engagement looks very different. And I think they've learned that. I think uh, we've also learned that you don't get to differentiate just when you're in person. We still have students who are the same people that they always were. And now we have the added responsibility of learning how to teach them without being face to face. And so I think we've learned how to differentiate. We've learned how to scaffold. We've learned how to create extension activities all virtually. Um, we're learning how to use the features of video delivery systems. We like to call it BDS um, of the chat room or the chat boxes, breakout rooms, um, having still small group instruction and one-on-one -on -one instruction virtually. Um, being able to utilize some of those tech functions that have always existed, but we never tapped into. I think there are a lot of kids who are probably cahooted out at this point, but who <laughs> is one of those great ways you can get a little bit of fun and games in the virtual environment and still assess learning on a formative level. And I think there are many other examples of what we were doing to engage students and make sure learning is still fun and we're still moving them forward. We're still moving that needle along the way. And so there's been a lot of learning and I think it's all been very positive. That's excellent. You know, it's, it's funny because uh, uh, one of the things that uh, I've been using uh, Zoom, and by the way, they're not a sponsor of the show, so <laughs> this is not a <laughs> brand placement here. Um, they, uh, I've been using it for a couple of years, and uh, one of the things that I think is kind of fascinating is that in a short period of time from last year to this year, yeah, it's become part of everybody's vocabulary just about. And whether it's Zoom or some other uh, program, 
Um, lots of people have become very adept at using these, uh, these um, connect connectivity uh, um, tools that uh, before many of them would go, you know, how do you use that thing again? I say, just click the link. I'll send you the link. That's all you got to do. All right. <laughs> you know, so it's a, it's interesting things have changed. Yes. Uh, you know, since those early days of shifting from face to face to virtual and then some hybrid versions, what do you think are some of the greatest challenges that teachers face teaching virtually? Sure, I can speak to a few of those. I feel like one of the challenges that we're seeing, first of all, is attendance. Um, attendance continues to be a challenge, even as we continue to celebrate the one-year mark at this point of not being in person for school anymore. And we've seen teachers try a variety of things. We know teachers are going to neighborhoods, honking their horns outside of students' homes, trying to get them to come out and engage with them. We've seen teachers drive their pickup trucks to neighborhoods and hold one-on-one -on -one tutoring sessions in the bed of the pickup truck. We know that there are partner teachers that are going out with their masks, ringing doorbells, trying to get kiddos involved. We also know that teachers are hosting virtual conference and one-on-one -on -one time with family meetings or with a student one-on-one -on -one tutoring sessions at 8 p.m. because that's the only time that the one device in the home isn't already being utilized by somebody else. So I think that it has been a challenge for the student engagement component to be addressed in a way that's equitable and that's meeting the needs of both the school district who needs the funding and the students who need the learning and the parents who need somebody who can continue to push their child forward when nobody's there to monitor them. So I think that's probably one of the biggest issues that we've seen. Um, I would also say that one of the more prominent issues that NBTA likes to support is the lack of common language that has continued to be an issue. Um, we had not previously had uh, common expectations or accountability at the national level for what virtual instruction looks like. We have those expectations and we have accountability systems in place for in-person learning, but not for virtual learning. And it's not really a one-to-one -one standard that you can just transfer everything over, which is why so many of the states have paused or canceled state-mandated testing for the years, um, last year and even this year. Um, we can't continue to do that, though, because we shouldn't lower the bar or lower expectations for our students because we can't figure out what common expectations should be. And so I think that's one of, that's been kind of the impetus behind National Virtual Teacher Association and creating tools in which we can align the thinking and the expectations for educators and administrators, which will in return impact the educational quality that we're able to provide our students. Very cool. And just as a side note, you know, right there, if we wanted to dis distract this whole topic, we could go about an, a couple hours on just that one little topic about the testing. Yeah. Cause that's, yeah, uh, absolutely. that's a huge, <laughs> that's a huge topic right now. I heard a whole bunch of people going, come back to that one, come back to that one. <laughs> uh, but I'm not going to. So, <laughs> but, but well, I, you're dude, the driver. I'm just going wherever you take me. <laughs> all is good. All is good. But that's uh, but that's, that is so, so there. Cause that's one of those things where, you know, it's, it's, as we're figuring this out, I mean, I, I, I gotta tell you, I can't imagine being a, uh, a junior or senior, um, especially a senior back in March of last year mm -hmm. and, uh, and then a junior, but it, it, those, it's almost like we, I tell people, it's almost like we need to have an asterisk on these two classes because it's taken us about a year to start figuring these things out. And uh, now we've got a much better grasp on it. So this, this senior class is in a little bit better place than the senior class last year, but, uh, what a, what a strange thing to have happen when you're suddenly going, I'm supposed to graduate. Am I going to graduate? Are you going to, 
let me walk him away <laughs> you know, and uh, all those that and all the test scores and all that sort of stuff going on so and the athletics and the band <laughs> there are so many like those are very pivotal moments in their educational career and not being able to kind of try out for some you know the university teams and it could change the whole trajectory of their life it really can oh very much so i mean uh, shoot you're from a a large uh, just talk about a football state Oh my gosh. <laughs> and, right. uh, you know, and you think about the size of some of the, the bands and such that show up on college, uh, uh college football day as well. And it's, yeah, <laughs> there's any number of aspects to it. And, uh, um, all of that just seemed to gonna go poof. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, well, they'll recover. We believe that they will be able to find their way in the world. <laughs> oh yeah. And that's where we are now. I mean, we're in that, we're in that state of recovery, which is awesome, which, you know, um, is very cool. And that's, you know, it, it's definitely happening. So they figured out how to make it work and, uh, you know, we have, uh, and which is Im impressive. So, you know, let's, let's shift to national virtual teacher association. Now, can you tell us a little bit about its purpose? Absolutely. So the National Virtual Teacher Association exists because we want to inspire virtual teachers and providing excellent instruction. And our vision is to create a world where virtual teaching is as good as or more effective than in-person instruction. Very cool. So where did, tell me a little bit about, I mean, where did it come from? I mean, where does, where did this concept of NVTA come from? Sure. So NVTA was actually in the process of building tools and support and different services that they were going to offer pre-COVID. And it was because we've learned so much from higher ed. Higher ed has successfully been implementing online instruction and virtual education for very many years. In fact, if we even look to correspondence education, that's been happening for hundreds of years where you write in your assignments, you mail them in, you wait for a grade to be mailed back. And people were doing a phenomenal job at continuing their education at a distance. And we have now seen how well it works for higher ed, people anywhere from their bachelor's through their doctorate degree, being able to engage in coursework on a schedule that fits their working life and their family life. And they're still able to get that degree and apply it. And it is holding just as much value. And it seems like this is the way we should be exploring K-12 education as well. We've got a lot to learn from them. And just as we know that not every child learns the same way, we know that there are some children who could really benefit from virtual instruction before COVID. Well, then COVID happens. And now, just as we did with the teachers, we kind of thrust all of our children into an online environment. Even though it might not be the best idea for all children, we do recognize, and this is me speaking, April speaking on behalf of NBTA, but I do believe in school choice. And I do believe that there are um, schools that can serve certain children better than other schools. And I do believe that there is value in competition there, not necessarily trying to put another school out, but saying we can meet certain needs that we've been trained to meet. And I say that from my experience when I was working at the charter school, we were specifically trained to work with students who are escaping sexual and domestic violence. So we knew how to meet those emotional needs before we even introduced academics into their world. And if they were to go to their traditional school district, that wouldn't have necessarily been the case. So that's where I come from with this ideology that I bring. And along with that ideology comes, there are certain students who really benefit from a virtual instruction environment. And we do think that going back to NVTA, that this is absolutely a model worth implementing in the K-12 schools. So 
So NBTA was built by a group of educational leaders. They have pioneered the delivery of virtual education in K-12 and higher ed spaces. And they believe that when a virtual teacher is trained properly, they can create a world-class learning environment that engages students on a medium they live in every day. And that's kind of where we came from and that's where we're headed. Uh, when COVID came around, we decided to put everything on the fast track. We were able to release our certification course and our free professional development course and our free rubrics all before the fall. And then we also continued to work on it and we've published a book that goes along with our free rubrics that was also released in October. And since then we've just been developing more products and services like our training of trainers uh, so that we can continue to support school districts in the development of their administrators and their teachers. Very cool. You know, and it's funny how timing is everything. I mean, you guys were like on the right track at the right time because it all came to a head right there. And it's, and it's, it's, it's kind of funny because as a, you know, you look at, uh, you know, cause depending on which state you're in depends on how long, or if you're still not dealing with being able to deal with restaurants. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. but the, uh, in many States they've been reopening and lots of, uh, the fast food have suddenly become like the palace <laughs> place to eat because uh, they were geared to be able to do um, drive-throughs and such. And those that, that didn't figured out how to make it a drive-through and, you know, timing's everything. And, and you guys were right there just like that. Not that I'm comparing you to a drive-through, but you were ready. So we, <laughs> <laughs> we were ready. Yes. Bring it on. <laughs> Which is, there we go. So, so you just mentioned this for a second, but tell us a little bit about that NVTA certification course. Absolutely. So um, before we got talked about the certification course, free PD course, free PD course is available to everybody. If you go to the website, uh, no credit card information will be taken. It is absolutely nice. free. Um, we believe that most people will be able to complete it in one to three hours. And really it's just to kind of get your toes wet a little bit about what are we talking about when we're talking about virtual instruction. Um, and then if you like it and you're ready to move on into the certification course, that is one that does cost $599 to participate in or three installments are also available $210 each totally not trying to sell that to you right now just letting you know because people are always well how much does it cost so that's how much it costs um the benefit in getting it is that that certification course is something that will set you apart when you are applying for a new job or even advocating for a raise in your current role um, it will basically prepare you to be a highly qualified virtual instructor we are also encouraging families to participate in if they've continued to kind of explore the homeschooling world um, because homeschooling, one, this would help them become a better instructor for their children, but also your homeschool world might include some virtual instruction, especially if you're doing small group learning pods or you are bringing instructors in virtually into your home while you continue to watch your students do the work that they still have a trained instructor. So if you went through this program, you might encourage your trained instructors who you are bringing in virtually to also consider it as well. Um, but we really are trying to make, we have made this program so that it carries a lot of value. It carries worth. It helps people stand out. It helps them become a better instructor. Just as our mission had said, it can hopefully be as good as, if not better than in-person instruction. We are also working with states across the country to approve the course for professional development and continuing education credits. And it is approved here in Texas, along with 10 other states. What we have also learned is that not every 
state approves at the state level. In fact, the majority of states in the country approve PD and continuing ed credits at the district level. So we are approving at all the states with the state level. And then ones with the district level, we are slowly digging through those little by little. Um, we would encourage anybody who has questions about that to reach out directly to us. We can tell you exactly where we're at with certification process in your state or district. And I feel like that probably answers your question, right? Very much so. Very much so. And it's just, you know, one of the things that uh, um, I, I kudos to you guys, because a lot of times when you when someone says they've got a course and, and it costs money, you have to figure out where that that cost is. All right. You have to dig deep. And I got to tell you, it didn't have to on your website. And I thought that was cool because you didn't have to read like 300 pages of Web page and then go, aha. <laughs> For sure. We definitely want to be very transparent about that. We are proud of the fact that, of course, like we have talked about it being approved at the state and district levels for many places. It's also accredited through Adams State University. And I love to share this information because it lets you know that this course is vetted. This isn't some fly by night. We're just trying to sell something, make a quick buck. Like we've gone through the processes. We're going to be here for a long time. We have a fabulous team and we are continuing to connect with universities across the country as well, who will be building this into their teacher prep program. So as students are graduating with their bachelor's degree in education, not only are they going to be prepared to pass their state exams to become a teacher, but they're also going to have this built into their course so they will already be a certified virtual teacher upon graduation. So that's really exciting work for us as well. That's very cool. Very cool. So you, you kind of talked about this question that I have, but I want to make sure that I just let you kind of touch back on the subject, which is why would a teacher want to get this certification? Sure. I think the biggest reason why is to set themselves apart. We want to be able to say, hey, I know every teacher can say they've been a virtual teacher at this point because we all had to do it. Some of us were better than others. Let me prove it to you. And I think this is where the certification really stands out. So let me tell you a little bit more about what the certification entails. It is not one comprehensive exam at the end because we do not believe that is a fair demonstration of what people have learned and what they're capable of doing. So instead, we have created it to where throughout the entire certification process, you're completing assignments that include discussion boards, videos, document creation, work plans, technology plans, like you're creating a very comprehensive virtual classroom with extensive resources that are all content and grade level specific to your course. So the whole certification course is catered specifically to each individual being able to explore the different aspects that most apply to their grade and their content areas. They are taking all of those assignments and putting them into an e-portfolio. That e-portfolio is then evaluated by a panel of experts in the online and education environment. They have to receive an 80% or better in order to receive certification, and they have three tries to do that. So once you have gone through that whole process, if you were able to say, I have this certification, not only do you have a certification, but you have an e-portfolio that you can take to a job interview, that you can take to your current administrator and ask for a raise with. Uh, you can share it with your current families and say, look how competent I am in this area. Like I've done so much work. I am not your average online teacher. I am your certified online teacher. So we have tried to make it as relevant as possible so that people can put it into practice. It's not just an exam. It's not just something that they're going to read about, check the boxes and be done with, but they're actually going to be able to utilize the product of the certification course for the next many years. Very cool. And as a former high school principal who used to hire teachers, you know, it's uh, one of those things that in this world, it would be very important to have someone who knows a little bit about, especially how to make those classes engaging. So, um, it would be it would be a nice little 
foot in the door to say, well, let's talk a little bit about what you got there. So good right. stuff. You know, so uh, you've mentioned it several times. You got there's this book that you've uh, participated in uh, producing called Virtual Instruction Standards, Optimizing Teaching and Learning, which came out in October this past year. Um, who should read it and why? Sure. We want that book to be read by teachers and administrators, and I will tell you why. So we've got those rubrics that we've talked about, right? The downloadable rubrics, absolutely free. You go to the website, you just click, I want the rubrics. It's going to ask you for an email and you get 22 downloadable rubrics. They are very comprehensive. They are also very conceptual. So the rubrics are divided into five domains. Within every domain, there are a series of strands and you will see what it looks like to be unacceptable, to be basic, to be proficient and to be accomplished in every single strand throughout all five domains. Well, when people were looking at this, they're like, this is really good, but I'm having a hard time picturing it. Like, what does it really mean to be accomplished? What does it look like? And so we were like, perfect, we're going to write a book. The book is really taking it from concept to practice, and it provides narrative descriptions of what it looks like to be accomplished in almost every single rubric. And so we give real world examples. We paint a picture We're like there's meet this teacher. She teaches this grades and these content areas, and this is what she was doing when she earned an accomplishment accomplished on this or meet Mr. So-and-so. He's actually an instructional coach. And this was his observation of this person who earned accomplished on this. And so we paint these really easy to read pictures of what it looks like to excel in each of the areas. Now, side note, I do want to say if somebody hears 22 rubrics, you want to hold me accountable for all of that, plus the rubrics I'm already held accountable for by my school. And my advice to you there would be, we don't want this to look like one more thing that you're layering on top. We want this to be something that's integrated into what you're already doing. And the good news is we used work like Marzano's work, Danielson's work. We've used the people that we know and recognize and respect in the education world to create these. We were looking at what are they looking for and how can we turn this into an online expectation? And so that's how we eventually got and landed on the rubrics that we landed on. You will see some overlap, but you're definitely going to see how it pertains specifically to the virtual environment. We also um, think that it's very important to, when you approach something that's that big, to not try to take all of it in at once, rather identify perhaps your top three. Like these are three areas that I know I'm not accomplished in and I want to be before the end of the six weeks or the nine weeks. And you pick those and really focus on those and let your administrator know these are the ones I'm focusing on and I want you to give me some feedback when you, uh, next time you're observing my classroom or administrator say, hey team, these are the top three we've identified our expectation is every single person on our team will be accomplished in these three areas by the end of whatever your time period is. So just a little feedback on how you might implement those rubrics. I know I kind of went down a little rabbit hole from your original question with the book, but hope they all tie together. <laughs> they all tie together. All is good. And that's, and I was going to ask you something about the rubrics anyway. So you went there <laughs> and we're good. So that's, that works. The, uh, you know, we're getting close to finishing up uh, April and uh, one of the things I want to ask you is if someone wanted to connect with you or learn more, where would you send them? Sure. Virtualteacherassociation.org. Uh, that's the first place we would go. And teacher is singular. We didn't want anybody to have to figure out what to do with an apostrophe. So it is just virtualteacherassociation.org. When you are at that website, you are going to be able to see not only who we are at the beginning, but you're also going to see across the top, we have a series of tabs. The first one is programs. That's going to let you know all the programs that we offer, like the certification, the free course. We also have a training of trainer, a training of trainers program. 
We also have resources as our second tab. This is where you're gonna find those free rubrics and the link to the book. And again, the free professional development. Uh, we also have a learn and connect tab, which we're really excited about because this is developing on the daily. So literally, if you go there tomorrow, it might look different than if you go there today. And it is because we are growing so quickly. Um, what you'll see on here is, first of all, we could talk a little bit about what the certification course expectations are. We have a frequently asked questions tab as well, or button. We have a course outline. We also have the course outline for the free course as well. And then we do what we call NVT articles, where we take that A from NBTA and turn it into articles. And this is where we write on trending topics, scientific summaries, everything around the virtual learning movement. You'll see articles in there. What we are continuing to develop are sections for our professional partnerships. So for example, we are partners with Proximity Learning Incorporated and Agile for Ed, and we're going to start to have parts of our page dedicated to them. Also, as I had mentioned, our university partners will have their own page. And then we're also going to have another page from that drop down menu where we will be identifying all of those state professional development continuing education credits as they're accepted. So we're continuing to build that part out. We also have an about us section where you can read a little bit more about our advisory board. And then of course, you can also connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Very cool. And I'll have all those links in my show notes. So it'll be an easy place to find them. Uh, it's good stuff. So uh, April, before you go, I got two questions I'd like to ask my guests. And the first one goes like this. Um, how do you keep going when so much is going on that you may want to quit? Oh, man. Um, that's a great question. I think I it's a weird answer because I don't feel like I ever want to quit. <laughs> I feel like when there's so much going on, that kind of supercharges me. I'm very much, uh, very motivated, very ambitious, driven. I love to get a lot of stuff done. I also love to be the first person to get stuff done. So I will try to identify a need before it's been expressed. And I think that keeps me quite busy. Um, it does make me feel like things can be a little overwhelming sometime, but I think that's the same in energy that drives me to keep going forward. Um, I do think if I had to sum it all up, I would say um, putting a purpose behind what I'm doing. And I do feel like everything I'm doing is very purposeful right now. It's making an impact, making difference. It's something I can be proud to talk about with you. Like when I get to be on a show like this and tell people what I'm doing, I think hopefully my energy is being exuded in a way that you're like, oh, this girl is on fire about whatever it is she's working on. And I do feel like that's the stuff that keeps me going. Very cool. And yes, it, you definitely have <laughs> that power and that passion happening, man. It's, it's, it's there. It's very cool. So uh, last question, do you have a teacher in your past? You made a difference in your life. If so, who was it? And what would you say if given the chance to say thank you? <laughs> okay. I love this question so much because I have almost every single teacher I've ever had from kindergarten through graduate studies, I have kept in touch with in one nice. way or another. I actually, um, at my wedding, had my sixth grade teacher. I had an 11th grade teacher who did the Ready, Set, Teach program in my high school. And I also had invited um, teachers who weren't able to come to the wedding that was in a different city, but they were able to come to my bridal shower in my hometown. And I am still like making comments on their Facebook posts and they're doing the same for me. And we keep in touch and they come to all of my celebrations. And I love it. I live in Austin now. I grew up in the Fort Worth area at Hurst-Julis Bedford ISD. Um, I went to the same school district, K through 12, had the best teachers. I feel like I am absolutely a product of one of the best districts in the country. Happy to be there. And uh, I love my teachers. <laughs>
Very cool. Very cool. Thank you so much for sharing that. That's, that's awesome. The, yeah, that's, and that's neat. I got to tell you, that's, I can definitely tell you that's the first time I've had anyone as many times. And I've asked this over 200 times. All right. And a little closer to 300 now, but it's, I've never had anybody say how much they stay in touch with all of them. So that's very cool. Uh, April, thank you so much for talking with me today. It was awesome learning about NVTA and the book, Virtual Instruction Standards, Optimizing Teaching and Learning. These are excellent resources for teachers and administrators, and I'm wishing you the best in all that you do. Thank you so much. Have a great one. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is excited to be a member of Voice Ed Radio. Voice Ed Radio, your voice is right here. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is a proud member of the Education Podcast Network. Podcasts for educators, podcasts by educators. The opinions expressed on Teaching Learning Leading K-12 are those of the guests and hosts. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is intended to share ideas, advice, and suggestions for classroom teachers and school administrators. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is produced for educational purposes. Thanks for listening, and I hope you'll share it with your friends.